Coming to you from Spokane, the only place you can get winter. Winter 2, the second ice age. And winter 3, no plow in sight. It's the queer-centric. And queer's Johnny! It's another amazing Tuesday as you're listening to the Queer Centric again. I know we, I, I'm so appreciative of everybody, appreciative of everybody who supports the show. And I'm excited every time I get to come on a mic and talk to you all. Today's going to be a fun show. Um, deep, but I, I find deep conversations fun because that's just the nerd I am at, at heart. But we're going to talk about what the power of words because words have been everything to me. When I was uh, uh, 12 years old, I started writing songs because it was a way to express and words were so, so you have to get very specific in word choices when you're writing music and things like that, which I think is what started my life of listening so closely to how people speak and to the words they choose. It says a lot about where you are in your headspace, how you kind of view the world, which tells me how do I need to connect with you. Um, and so I, I'm I just had this conversation at work where I was like, uh, someone came to talk to me and said they were had a concern for an employee. I said, well, you know, I've noticed in the last week uh, they have used this sentence three times in the last week. So that tells me something about the sentence they need heard and they need to say. And so, you know, maybe if you want to connect, maybe you need to, to find some way to ask about this sentence. If they said it out loud to anyone, obviously they're not trying to hide that this is a uh, something going through their head and sometimes we do that subconsciously sometimes we do it consciously um and so i love words and so before we we get into it we're going to have uh, a return guest everybody who listens to our show so wonderfully uh will recognize michaela daniels in the studio so welcome back you're a screenwriter which is my favorite thing in the world yes yeah and it's it's all about words it is and it's exhausting <laughs> I mean, this is true. First of all, everybody, let's just level set that if you're creative, it you can love it, but it takes it takes a lot. So let's not let's you know be nice to our creatives. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very uh, draining. And and you know, I tell you, you know, I I may have a graduate degree in screenwriting, but sometimes when I sit down to the page, I swear I have forgotten every word that I have ever known in my entire life. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, wait. What happened? <laughs> and you kind of have that moment where you hope that you soaked up some in your skin because right. it's not yet. You're not quite sure what's happening. Uh, and before we start, I do want to, I came across a quote that really spoke to me about why words are so important. And so I want to start with that. And that is from uh, a lady named Betty Eady. And it says, if we understood the power of our thoughts, we would guard them more closely. If we understood the awesome power of our words, we would prefer silence to almost anything negative. In our thoughts and words, we create our own weaknesses and our own strengths. Our limitations and joys start with our hearts. That, to me, sums up everything. First of all, I believe that we are all powerful beyond what we understand. And part of that is, you know, self-talk. How do you talk? I talked a few weeks ago about naming yourself. Name yourself. You don't need a degree. If you're a writer and that's what you do, you can go to school, but it doesn't stop. You can say it right now. And naming yourself is such an empowering moment. Being who you are on the inside and finding a way to make it who you are on the outside I mean, that speaks to our community immensely. And so uh, you and I talking before the show, uh, words are all through your life, through your the day job that we have to pay our bills with to the passion that is exhausting at times, but it fills you. So talk to me a little about in your world how words operate. Yeah, so my, my day job is working um, in simulation, healthcare simulation. So I work with medical students, uh, nursing students, uh, basically healthcare science students at the college level. And what we do is we kind of run simulations for them to practice working with patients before they actually work with real patients. Right. And one of the focuses that I've noticed, and this goes across all the medical programs that I have worked with in Spokane, I think they're all fabulous, but there is a real... Um, push to make sure that the students understand how their word choices can be stigmatizing 
and, and sort of create a, a boundary between them and a patient, or their word choices can be comforting and allow them to connect with the patient well. Exactly. So things like uh, we were talking about, um, you know, we have an opioid epidemic, like everywhere. Yeah. And um, because a lot of people still use the terms like drug abuser, um, a lot of people assume that the opioid epidemic is only like for this certain type of people. Exactly. And that's not true. It's, it's honestly, it's killing our parents and our grandparents that are getting prescribed these medications from their doctors. And it's not necessarily that they're taking too much. It's that it's interacting with their other medications and they're going into overdose. Yeah. And it's really hard to get a community to care when we're stigmatizing illnesses, diseases, yeah. things like that. So, for instance, for instead of saying somebody's a drug abuser, we say that they have a substance use disorder. Right. Because they are not their drug problem. Exactly. Yeah. They are a person who has a disorder with substance use. Exactly. And so it's, it's person first language is what we try to teach them. And I love that person first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also love that there is programs where we're teaching healthcare workers, which is a, a already a difficult, especially in our country, kind of environment. And that we're teaching maybe a, a skill set that we hadn't taught in decades before that helps them to communicate. The other thing is you have different generations. All of us go to the doctor. And so to explain to a person my mother's age, you know, 75 years old, it's going to sound different because all they know is, you know, oh, Elizabeth Taylor. Or, you know, it mm-hmm. comes through a very cultural thing. The other thing we don't understand is I, I don't always think, uh, because not only Odin, but tricating off of uh, opioids is a, is a thing. You can't just no, quit it. You will die. Yeah. And please, some please get older help. folks... No wouldn't understand. They're just, I'm done. I feel better. And this, uh, killed my best friend in 2016 because they got the tricate and they were trying to tricate him off. Uh, he was, he was just lived with a lot of pain. Uh, they, they knew that it was causing problems. They tried to, and they messed up his dosage because his insurance messed up and refused to help. So things got confusing. People weren't paying attention and they, his father found him in the morning. Um, I have always been, I mean, that stole a beautiful human being from this world because we didn't know how to have those open conversations. Instead, we passed the buck a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you need to go to those people, even though they're not your doctor. And you know what I mean? There's no, sometimes I'm like, I know that I would hate living in Little House on the Prairie, but at the same time, <laughs> I kind of like that your your uh, relationship with your doctor is very close and he's just going to come out to see you. And well, he's only seen probably 12 people. So they can do that, and I get that we don't have those same things, but also I want to talk about, where can I say, this has been annoying me for 20 years, probably 30. Uh, talk about word choices. It drives me insane when well-meaning people use the word preference when they're talking about how I, uh, me being gay, and I'm like, no, no, I don't prefer, guy. this isn't a buffet, and I would rather have this over here, I prefer it to this. It's This is... Uh, this is not a word that I think appropriately describes me as, and people use it all the time and they, and they're lovely and they think they're doing well. And it, and it, the minute the word preference comes out of their mind, I am ready. I am not uh, preferring men. I am orientated. You know, this is right. my orientation. And so it's not a preference to me triggers uh, choice. Yeah, it's it's sort of like how now when we're talking to people about pronouns that they use, yeah. somebody sometimes people are like, "What are your preferred pronouns?" And I don't think that's actually the appropriate word. We could just say, "What are your pronouns?" Yes, exactly. Like, just preferred taking, nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. just what are your pronouns? Yeah. What what do you want me to refer yes. to you as? And it's that simple of taking out one word changes it's that sentence, true. and then it changes how you're going to perceive. Yeah, me. there's a bit of a. Um, cultural bias underneath it too that maybe we don't understand but it is a little disrespect just a little bit even though these cultural biases don't necessarily reflect you as a human because you accept everybody but it comes out it's that under the under the radar and that's why i want i mean uh, you know right now uh obviously there's so many i will say this there are it is only uh beginning of march and already across our country, there are 385 bills targeting the queer community. 
And of course, a lot of that are our brothers and sisters who are trans mm-hmm. that we are needing to stand up. And help. But these target all of us. 385 last year, just to give people, March 1st last year, there were 307. So it's increasing. Sure, First of all, there shouldn't have been 307 last no. year. But look at, we're ticking up, we're ticking up. Look at uh, Tennessee right now. Those bills that are being introduced are all about words. Mm-hmm. They are all about, and all I can say is, if a human being comes to me and says, this is who I am, I would like to, I would like you to address me this way. Okay. How hard was that? It's not hard. Eddie Izzard, an amazing comedian, just came out and said, I'm changing. I'm going to add Susie. And, Mm -hmm. and what I love about them is they said, oh, she, uh, she heard the pronouns Eddie likes to use said, I'm going to make it Sally Eddie Izzard because I don't care what you, I'm just telling you, this is what I want. Call me Eddie. Call me Sally. Susie. Me personally, I'm oh Susie. Sorry, <laughs> God, see, it was an S. I was almost I know. there. You were close. Yeah, call me it, whichever you want. But I'm doing this for me. And what I would hope is that everybody would just respect and and do it. But legally changing their name to Susie Eddie Izzard. I mean, these are this is a time in our life where we in our world in our history that this is okay. So, of course, it's going to make some people very uncomfortable. And, you know, Tennessee, talk about words and then their bills. They're, it's they're, scary. Their bills are a nightmare because oh, here's yeah. the other thing. If you look at some of these bills that are, you know, targeting drag queens, they're not specifically saying drag queens, but their wording choice yeah. is actually making it to where it's going to affect a lot of performers. A um, lot. There's a comedian, uh, Steve Hofstetter. Mm-hmm. He, right after, I think he had a show in Tennessee, I believe right after the bill was announced, and he wore a dress to um, present his comedy show. He didn't wear any makeup, no hair, but right, he wore a dress, right. and he's a straight man, um, to prove a point because right. the wording in those bills could have technically targeted him at a comedy show at night, you know, at a bar with drinking. There's a prison term that comes with it. And I'm like, what? Like, they're not only addressing these. Well, if you're under 18, they are uh, wanting you to detransition if you are having hormone blockers. They're not. That sounds safe. Oh, doesn't it, though? Yeah. Mm. But it's all for the children, is Mm -hmm. it? Because you're harming them more by doing this. But there are, they are taking this thing to an extreme that's like there shouldn't be a prison there shouldn't be any of it and this is now just the first state i know there are a ton of others i mean we're we're lucky here in washington i mean there are some bills anti um anti lg words (laughs) anti-queer sorry yeah i'm like we have added so many letters i just go by queer at this point and and we're all queer folk um Did you hear about the legitimitequa, right? Legitimitequa? Someone oh. just decided it was a word now, and yeah, I'm like, I'm okay. Like, no, I'm sorry. If <laughs> but if we add more much. letters, I have to learn how to say that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, I feel like queer it, right. encompasses any of us <laughs> exactly. who just don't feel, you know, we're not exactly. normal. But, you know, I, I'm not worried about any of these sort of laws passing mm-hmm. in, Washington in Washington State. We yeah. have some really strong protections. We um, were lucky. Same with when, you know, abortion rights, right? You know, yeah. I grew up in a time where it was never a question. If I wanted an abortion, I could exactly. have had one. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm middle-aged in the 2020s, and this right has been taken from yeah. me. And it, it really feels like, okay, so they targeted women. Now we're targeting a bunch of queer people. And like, like we're trying to go back to like 1930, but it's this exactly. small, the thing that we have to understand is it's only actually a small subset of people. Unfortunately, yes. they are the people who have the power. Yeah. And we need to get them out. I mean, yeah. all these, you know, sort of like, l- look who's representing us, right? Like the majority of the people are, twice my age oh at least you know um they're senior citizens who are making decisions that aren't going to affect them but that are going to affect their grandkids exactly you know a lot of these um really a lot of these people who are coming out against you know queer people drag queens whatever i guarantee you they're going to have a grandkid or somebody who is queer who is trans and that that child is going never going to tell them and they're going to like they're already ruining that relationship because why would you tell your homophobic grandpa that you're gay and the other thing is i have to believe that there's something else going on like you like the power the money or whatever more because some of them that vote this way i don't think think that way in their personal life which tells me first of all our system's 
just horribly broken. But it tells me that something's going on there. Plus, I do want to point out that, listen, it's the Republicans who are doing it, so that's why I'm going to say the Republicans. Uh, Their platform, if I understand correctly, is less government. Right. Less government regulation. I have never seen so many bills being presented that right. has all government oversight of everything. And I'm like, what, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. They, they only mean less government when it applies to the things they care about. Exactly. Everything else they want to control. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you, why do you even care? Because if uh, most of these people probably don't have openly queer people in their life, right? If they exactly. do, those people yeah. are probably hiding. But yeah. like, why do you care what we do? Yeah. You know, why, why are you so concerned with, with what we're living our lives at and then you know and again they're you know this was the sort of the recent trend and now they're calling everybody who's queer like we're groomers and i'm like okay so this is words right Mm -hmm. they co-opted a term that is specifically used to describe pedophiles who are basically training children to accept them and to accept uh future abuse right exactly and and so they co-opted that term and said oh that's what queer people are doing and guess what this is not how we make more gay people we're not like going out there converting guess what exactly we are not religious folks going door to door saying thank you have you heard about the gays exactly talking about forcing opinions on i think about that i think about the people that knock on your door Mm -hmm. and want to tell you the great news of whatever they're they're selling right there i also i was talking to our intro daniel before what i find fascinating you'll be all of their words about how we're sexual you know gay people sexualize drag queens are sexualizing uh, our children and then they'll show a picture mm-hmm. uh Gentieres, right which is definitely sexualizing yeah. these little children but it doesn't work for them it's a lot like people it's a lot like growing up in religion like i did you pick the verses mm-hmm. that will support you but you're not looking at everything right. it's whatever which is why here's the problem um, we are looking to control, to control people. You keep them afraid mm-hmm. because if you keep them afraid and tell them you have the answer, they're going to follow you. Also, that's how the top 1% keep all their money. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? This is about something bigger than that, which is why when we talk term limits, which we really need, uh, yes. The and you'll notice, and I have a lot of people that I know in office that uh, I I'm happy to know, and they're great, but this is what has always struck me. If I am talking to them and I mention term limits, out of nowhere they have everything they're fed on Capitol Hill to say why that's not a good thing, and that hurts my heart because I'm like, wait, whatever. We are so on board, and then term limits because the fact is power and money corrupt us. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you look at, again, who's representing us. Most of those people, they have been in there for 20 or 30 yeah. years. Are we any better than we were 20, 30 years off? Thank no, you. actually, we're not in most yep. cases. So, like, getting fresh fresh eyes, getting people with fresh yes. ideas in people there. People who haven't been caught by the, you know, lobbyist. Yeah, by the or lobby- there oh, hasn't been enough time to get any yeah. of the fun perks. Right. I mean, yeah. the NRA, like, I mean, they own a bunch of our representatives. And if you think that's oh, a lie, no. you're not paying attention. Exactly. You know, and it's like, well, our interests are not... The American people, I think the majority of American people, I really do believe that they are not homophobic. I don't believe that these bills are evidence of how society in general in the U S is, is feeling. It's just, again, these like tiny pockets, but they're the ones who have all the power and the money. And they're just like, we're going to keep, we're going to keep you guys. And those people up here know how to stoke the fire under those people. They also know who is really paying their campaign funds, Mm -hmm. who is really, that's what they're. And here's the other thing. Talk about words, two things. mm, I don't want to say fascinate again, word choice. (laughs) Um, But the fact is I've always been intrigued by uh, public relations firms. And I've been more and more intrigued by media and how it really works behind the scenes because those two places are ruled by words and they are ruled by how can I kind of move this so it makes it either I want people to feel uncomfortable when we talk about this so it changes the way people view things and their opinions or I want them to look at this as not as bad as it looks. You know what I mean? Like downplaying it. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, I worked in news for almost a decade I, I will tell you this. I mean, they choose the more clickbaity headline. Oh, of for course sure. they do. And you know, in today's world of social media, I 
I can understand that. I mean, right. there's there's a dozen choices, or not even a dozen, like hundreds of choices of where right. you can get your news or whatever. But there is careful thought put into what headline, how am I going to frame this headline yeah. to grab attention? And unfortunately, sometimes those headlines are completely misrepresenting the the tone of the article. Yeah. But they don't care. They just want you to click on it and once you start reading, they don't care. At because that point. they need the number. They need the number. Because the number is how you get uh, advertising what, revenue. Yep. Yeah. So it, it is less about because I do feel like there was a time when then there when there was more uh, ethics mm-hmm. around. I do believe that yeah. existed. I don't believe we started here. No. But look at everything that's coming out about Fox News, and yet people don't hear it, even though yeah. it's a big old news that basically they have scripts. All of they're these not things. Even news. No, they're, they're not I mean, news. They literally, that was decided in court that Tucker yes. Carlson couldn't be held accountable because it was an entertainment show. But most of the people watching that show do not understand it because they no. call themselves no. word choice. Fox News. Exactly. They don't call themselves Fox Entertainment. And it isn't, yeah. And it hasn't been the fine print until everything went down in court either that right. they, it's an, this is an entertainment show. So mm-hmm. that should be big news to me. That should be a should big, be. oh no, we shouldn't be, that's crazy. It's just, it's fake, it's salacious, it's it's reality TV. And instead, we have trained the way we, we take information in to, I mean, I think this started probably way before, but Trump was a master at it, to letting us accept things that are hugely red flags, and we accept that it's just part of everyday life. Right. I mean, we, we can't, I mean, that's the thing is, at this point, if we got outraged at everything Fox News said every day, oh we would just die of stress. Yeah. I mean, it's yep. maddening, and you don't even have to, like, I, I clearly don't watch that show, but, you right. know, I see clips of it online, I yep. see articles of it, and I'm like, how can these people live with themselves? That, like, all I, the time. I guess maybe money makes makes you have no morals or right? like, makes you feel better, but I'm like, I don't care how rich I would get. Like, I would have a, I, I, maybe I have a lot of integrity, but, like, I would yeah. have a serious problem you know, saying things and, and pretending that I'm a journalist and exactly. I'm, I'm just saying things that I know are going to rile people up, that are, yeah. are going to make money, that are going to yeah. make clips. I mean, that's all they're doing. It scares me because so um, every day I look, there's a new site that uh, that just does a bunch of different things, right? And I know if it says Fox News, it's always a, a headline that you're like, really? Mm-hmm. Or Washington Examiner yeah. is absolutely awful. There's all these. And the, the thing that gets me is, Okay, so out of these 12 things that they put across my rolling screen, a lot of them are problematic, and I recognize that, okay, because I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the rule of three, which is there are three sides to every story. There's uh, this person's side, this person's side, and the truth. And somewhere in the middle, we're going to find what this story is. So I don't always just go, I'm going to look at this. So that's why I like a well-rounded, but sometimes it hurts because I'm like, well, this is obvious mm. that you are trying to – Think about how many of our beautiful parents fall for the most ridiculous scams right. because we're taught to, and, and that's what I think about these. I'm like, here's the problem. News is not easily news, which is why when we work with the, the different high schools, we always say, if you love our show, I appreciate that. Don't you dare vote because I said to vote this way. Right. Do your homework because it's more than just listening to one show more than just reading one you need to dig in because i don't think it ever was but now more than ever truth does not lie on the surface of anything right you know what i mean you have to dig you have to do your work and that's hard and i mean i just i have to say again so uh i get you know we get called a lot on this show because i'm a cheerleader um and i started to have a bad connotation with the word cheerleader and i there became a moment where i'm like no I'm not going to have, this is what it is. We choose the words we surround our head with. We choose what that is. A cheerleader is not a bad thing. What you think a cheerleader is, uh, maybe we have to have that discussion. If you look at me and you think the, the term Pollyanna and they're, right. that's not what this is. What it is is I'm going to choose uh, the way that I approach life. I'm going to choose the words because there's a lot. Of, and listen, you want to go negativity? There's plenty out there. Yeah. Why don't you go do that? Um, I want to celebrate people. So we were uh, talking before the, sh- before the show as well and something I had talked about uh, on a prior show, which is this idea 
of naming yourself. You know, in the opening quote, we talk about the power that we have, that words give us, that it's what we allow to grow inside of us. And so my, my old concept of naming yourself, I think is so important because it's the way to find power in your truth and not waiting for someone to give you permission to have power. And so we talk about these words, you know, there are words around us all the time, powerful words, uh, right up to Capitol Hill. These bills are created on verbiage. They're created. I work, I've worked in media for how long now? And Kurt knows all the time. He'll reach out to me, say, what do you want to say? So well, the verbiage I would like to say here, because it's all in how you're presented. And so things like naming yourself, things like saying, you know what? I'm an artist. You don't have to see me as an artist. It doesn't matter because I'm an artist. I'm an actor. I'm a, the things you want. I tell the story a lot about uh, a friend that w- works on our team who wrote a beautiful piece. We put it up and uh, they were saying, I th- actually think we talked about this on your show when you were in here last, um, which was he didn't feel he had the right to say I'm a writer. Mm, Listen. Yeah. There's not one definition of a writer. Did that bring you joy? Did you feel, were you published? Were you, it's okay to say you're a writer because that's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, know, that actually comes up a lot with writers. There's something about being a writer that makes you terribly insecure. (laughs) Um, I think art, any time there's any sort of type of art. But I mean, here's the thing you, if, do you write? You're a writer. Yeah. Um, because there's no, who else is going to decide that? There's no global head of art who decides who's <laughs> exactly. a writer and who's an actor. Right. If that's what you believe you are, you are. Yeah. Like, don't you, other people's perceptions of you are their own problem, exactly. frankly. Yes, and you. And you can be, you know, whoever you want to be right. and, and do whatever you want and name yourself that. Now, right. granted, if you call yourself a pilot and you've never <laughs> been in an airplane, you may end up looking right? like an idiot there at some might point be a problem and you right. might kill people i mean we know right. i mean <laughs> so you know i mean it, it does have its limits right. in certain ways right. but um you know particularly for art you know there there is no real metric it's all no. subjective and no. the greatest artists in the world have their detractors you know exactly. you look at someone like beyonce right yeah rich known worldwide and stuff yeah. she has haters she has people who hate her who think she's exactly. untalented who she yeah. doesn't sing well. Do you think she's crying about that? I doubt she's crying <laughs> she's about that. She's doing fine in her mansion. Because she's she, fine. Because she understands. Yeah. I am who I say I am. Exactly. I'm not who other people say I am. You exactly. You have to, I, I just read the quote that says, you have to be okay with being misunderstood. Because not everybody wants to understand who you are. They don't right? care enough to understand who you are. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. I, I know that, you know, out there, there, I have like two different, Sorry, two different <laughs> reputations. Like one of them is like people meet me like, oh, I've heard all these great things about you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the other thing is like, oh, I've heard about you. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, OK, I could probably guess uh, the right. list of who you've heard about me from. But that's right. fine. I don't care. So I take pride in both. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's fine. I like making people mad. Yeah. Um, but if you don't like me, that's your problem. Yeah. It's not my problem. Because if we got lost in other people's opinions of us, that's exactly where you would stay is lost. I someone sent me a uh, <laughs> sent me a meme, and it's so true. And it talks about all. Listen, if you put yourself in front of people like like we do on this show or like doing the live show that we did, people have opinions. Mm-hmm. They all have opinions. All you can do is stick to the integrity of what you're trying to do because they said if uh, this is taking suggestions from everybody who has an opinion <laughs> and it's a pizza, part of it is Eminence, part yeah. of it is a big turkey, yeah. part of it because everybody, you have to know, you have to follow your heart. You have to know if I am not hurting another human being, right. first of all, that's my litmus test. Yeah. So that's good. The rest is, I had a friend once, she was on our old, old show. There's been so many shows. Um, (laughs) She was during the radio days and she said to me, Jonathan, you get so worried about the next thing. Mm -hmm. She goes, what I want you to think the next time you're doing something big is that room is already prepared for you. All you have to do is walk through it. And I'm like, what? That seems like not enough work. Because, you know, as artists, we beat ourselves down. But again, I think what we don't understand I think as humans, to be honest, is the power that not only words around us have, but the words we accept. You know what I mean? Look at children. If you tell a beautiful child that they are horrible and awful, 
their entire life. They grow up thinking they are the worst human being. You tell a same child their entire life, you were beautiful, you were strong, you are, you know, you have this, then they grow up to be a completely different person. So ironically, that does actually go to my life where I, I was, you know, uh, physically and emotionally abused as a child by a caregiver outside of my, my parents. It was somebody mm-hmm. who, who babysat us. Um, but this individual, she told me I was ugly. I was worthless. I was blah, 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 blah. And that, you know, I was a really young child and that happened. And then that carried on to where I was bullied in elementary school. But I think part of it was because I believed those things about myself. And, you know, it took me, I mean, here I am in my 40s where I finally got into the place where I like myself and I'm working on actually just genuinely loving myself. But those words, I mean, they stuck with me. And that was one person. And on the other hand of that is that I always had these parents who were wonderful and loving. And they didn't know about the abuse because, you know, again, we we don't talk about when we're kids because we're afraid. But they didn't know about it. But... I wouldn't be as happy and as well adjusted as I am today had they, you know, not given me loving works, exactly. right? So so to counteract that voice in my head that's always like, oh, you're bad, then I, I need to focus. I'm like, okay, no, what would my parents say about exactly. me? What would the people who actually care about me say about me right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, they'd say you're intelligent, you're yeah. ambitious. And so sometimes we need to remind ourselves that if we don't love ourselves enough to look to the people who do love us, yes. what are they saying about us? What are they saying to us? Let's take those words and replace those negative thoughts that we have about exactly. ourselves. Because there are people who see us in this amazing light and it, you know, it, it can be shocking to you, right? Yes. And, but I, I was at a workshop uh, about a week or two ago and something that we worked through, I was like, wow, like I always knew that my parents loved me and wanted me. Like I right. knew that, but I kind of came to the realization. I was like, they love me more than I love myself. Yeah. And number one, it made me sad that I didn't love myself that much. But on the other hand, it made me feel really good because I was like, I started thinking about the other people in my life who just really genuinely love me and support me. And I was like, why am I not listening to their voices? Why exactly. am I listening to that negative voice in my head and not these amazing and people? Why is it so easy? It seems like the knee jerk for all of us is we we notice that negative more yeah. than we notice these beautiful people who are supporting us and are around us. And, and also you mentioned something that I find very true, which is sad for our world, which is it tends to be around our age mm. that we're like, if we're going to do the work, this is when we discover yeah. that, oh, I'm going to need to have some help. And, and I hate that it takes to where we're in this almost middle age. I, call, right. I tell my brother all the time, I'm at an <laughs> almost midlife crisis. I'm not quite <laughs> midlife, but the crisis right. is there. The crisis is there. Yeah. yeah, but it's true. I mean, that's one of the notes I have here is this idea. I mean, why do you think psychologists use talk therapy? Mm-hmm. It, because you have to begin to unravel what it was that you put into your head for how many yeah. years? Decades. Yeah. You know? And and I do agree that there's this this concept that how we're, uh, what is fed into us while we're being wired as children is big, but I don't, I don't think it stops. No, like it that stop. is a huge, yes, this is a huge issue that is wiring the way we out, have our outlook on the world, but then it continues. And if we have bought into that self-talk, that negative self-talk, it continues then for the next two decades. And then we find ourselves in our forties and yeah. we're like, Oh, I yeah. don't want to do this. And, yeah. then, and then we're doing all the really uncomfortable work in our forties, which yeah. you know what, whenever you can get the uncomfortable work, just do it. I do know, it. I know it sucks. I, yeah. I've been going through it for years, <laughs> but it, it is really good for you. Um, yeah. but you know, then it kind of brings up the other thing, right? So we know negative words truly affect us so badly, but then that's to remind us like one positive word to a stranger every day. Right. I was, I was here earlier and you know, I was in the bathroom and um, this woman comes up to me and she's like, Oh, I love your hair. And then we just started talking about something else. And you know, just complimenting someone genuinely on one little thing can really make their day and make them feel good about themselves. Right. And it doesn't have to be appearance based. Right. Um, It's generally better if it's not appearance based. Right. Um, Right. Except for with my hair, because my hair is super cool, or my tattoos. Right, exactly. But, but, you know, not be like, oh, you look fit. But, it, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. there, there's just something really beautiful about the power of words to change a stranger's life. So Hugely. a couple of weeks ago, I was taking the bus, 
and I there was like this teenager who gets on the bus and they're crying and the bus oh. is loud and I'm like oh, this is really uncomfortable and they were sitting across from me and I was like I want to say something to this individual um, I you know I was like I, I don't want to embarrass them but like right. they were quietly crying for like 10 minutes on the bus and so we get to the plaza and we get off and, and I just kind of touch their arm and I say hey are are you okay? Yeah. And they just start bawling. They're like, I'm just having a really bad day. And I was like, well, do you need a hug? And they're like, right. yes, you know, and, and this was a teenager. I, I later found out I was high school age student. Yeah. Um, just crying in it. And I, as I hugged them, I was like, look, I don't know what's going on, but I just want you to know that, that you matter and you always deserve right. love and respect. Yeah. Right. And then that individual, I, I made sure I said, are you okay? Do you feel safe going to school? Whatever. Yeah. Is there anything else I can do for you? And they're like, no. And so they, they ended up going on their way. But mm. then thinking about that, like, here was somebody who was hurting and it's real easy to ignore people, especially strangers when you see yeah. that they're hurting. But if you just take that moment to let somebody know that somebody cares about them, this exactly. person did not know me. They didn't, they'll probably never see me again. Right? right. But in that moment when they were hurting, someone cared about me. And that's exactly. what they said to me. I'm just glad someone cares. And that was what they said. And I was like, Wow. And that sometimes, any of us that go through depression, we know that sometimes all you need is to know there's one person. Yeah. Just one. And you know, it doesn't matter who they are. Right. You just need to feel seen in a moment. But And can you imagine if that was either you or I and we're going through our time and someone took the time? Could you imagine what that would do for your day? Just yeah. imagine what it did for their day. And I, I was thinking when you were saying that, we are trained in our society. We talk about people use words like, that's so hippie and all these mm-hmm. things. So we're trained to devalue these very needed and beautiful things. And we also don't like to be uncomfortable. So a lot of times we won't do those things, but if you needed it and someone did that for you, Mm -hmm. imagine if you could pay that forward and do that for other people. And it is, and it was, guess what? You didn't, uh, you know, buyer mentioned you didn't, you used your words and in the power of words, I guarantee you changed it because it's probably not just that day that that was hard for them. You gave them something, uh, a touchstone, to go, okay, every time it's, I'm going to remember that. And if I can build off of that, maybe we have one less kid who decides not to make it. Right. And, you know what I mean? You know, and it was uncomfortable. Like, I, I, I don't get, like, genuinely scared or nervous for a lot of right. things now. But, like, I, like, my heart was racing because, you know, it is vulnerable to, like, reach out to a stranger because you're like, what if, they, yeah. what if they tell me to fuck off? Right. 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 Like, sh- they could have. Yeah. And, and that, I would have been fine with that. Like, they're having a bad day. Yeah. You need to tell me to fuck off. That's fine. Right. But if we always hold ourselves back, if we're always like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable or I'm too nervous to connect with this person, then we're not going to have any connections in life. None. And the the lesser the connections we have in this Mm -hmm. world, the more horrible this world will become. You know what I mean? If we if we desensitize ourselves to the humanity around us, that's when society Mm -hmm. falls apart. Absolutely. I mean, I, I see that, you know, downtown I was reading. I th- probably Spokane news, which mm-hmm. not reading the comments <laughs> is self care y'all, but yes, that true statement. Everybody remember <laughs> what she just said, but you know, I mean, you shoot here. I come down to this downtown library all the time. I yeah. love it. I think it's yes. beautiful, great resource, but I was reading comments and you know, you're reading these comments of like, people are like, Oh, well all these homeless people are staying there and like they make it blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, look, I am down there multiple times a week. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't occasionally issues, right? but there are issues everywhere you go. Exactly. The majority of the time, the m- people that I see in here who are maybe transient, maybe right. don't have a place to live, they're, they're reading, they're charging yes. their phone. They're just taking a break. Exactly. They're just existing. Cause if you take, I, I have this like, conversation where else a lot. Where do you want them to go? Yeah. Where do you want them to go? Because the problem the problems that can happen or do, do happen are human problems. Mm-hmm. It is not because, you know, they are unhoused. No. And so what, you're going to kick them out of the library? There's not very many places where they can go charge their phone, where mm-hmm. they can feel like, okay, this is okay. Where they're allowed to exist as a yeah. human being. I mean, exactly. that's that's one of the great things about libraries. Is yes. It's one of the few places now that you can walk in. You don't have to have any money. Yeah. You can, you know, there's programs, there's, you know, I've done free yoga and free um, Bollywood dancing classes through the libraries. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's one of like sort of these last places where anyone can exist. Right. Exactly. But then you just have like this group of people who I'm pretty sure have never gone to this library. Exactly. Who are just complaining about it. And I'm like, when? Well, talk about the power of words. Uh, One of the the downfalls of social media is that words go both ways. 
And some people choose uh, to bring their unhappiness out and vomit it on the rest of us who are mm-hmm. just trying to do something good with what we have. And so there is goods and bads that come with, but that's why what I want for people is that they be more aware of mm-hmm. what their words are and that, oh, it's, you know what? They're not just frivolous things you throw out into the universe. They affect people around you. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in your room alone and you're saying words out, those words affect you. There are things about our consciousness and the way our minds work that we do not understand and will probably be hundreds and hundreds of years if we survive, uh, <laughs> that we will not understand that. And yet this is the computer that we're feeding. What are you feeding it? What are you putting in there? That's why I will never apologize for being a cheerleader because I lived many, many, many years not being that. And I saw how it felt Mm -hmm. and I saw what a word to a friend could do. It's so powerful. Yeah. It's and magic. Exactly. Do I don't think we understand. We use this language of ours. We use the tongue in our mouth. We use these communications of any style with each other. It is probably the most powerful uh, weapon and, uh, you know, amazing elixir of life that anybody has. It's, I'm amazed at the power of words. Why do you think I can have a talk show? I like to right. talk. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> But I like to do, we need to do uplifting things for each other. It is our only, our only way forward. It's the only way we, what is it? Are we civilization one? And I think they say very few civilizations get to civilization oh. level two. Yeah, I doubt yeah. we're getting there. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think you so know, either. not the way that we're going. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> and then one of the things I want to say, if, if words had no meaning or they weren't as powerful as we say, uh, that we're saying on this show, why do we have book burnings? Right. Why do we ban things? From being read. Yeah, what are they so afraid of? Exactly. If we're, they're going to say, words mean, oh, this is stupid. This is, this is hippie propaganda. And yet, why are you so afraid of it? But then at the same point, those same people, their Bible is the word of God, right? Thank and you. It's and so the living they, word. They understand that words can be very yeah. important. And you know what? If, if you're a Christian and, and you believe in that Bible and you believe in that words, yeah. good for you as long as you're not trying to hurt anybody else. Exactly. Um, yes. If that spirituality is personal to you, mm-hmm. that's what's, I mean, I will say this. Um, so grew up, of course, in the, in the Christian church, my dad being a minister, I have a whole different way of looking at things, which is fine. And I told myself after my father died, I wasn't going to try to take that from my mom. She got so much comfort. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, we lost my niece and I was talking to my sister this morning and I, there is a goods and bads here, like not having that uh, touchstone it's a little harder for me to try to make sense of things. And right. my sister, I said, you are probably one of the strong, most, the strongest people I know because I know how hard it is for her. And she, of course, ascribes it because she has this faith. And, mm-hmm. and a part of me is like, I envy that you can have that. And I love that. It, so why would I ever take that from right. her? Why would I ever try to fight it? But at the same time, don't try to take the way I choose to see the world you know, in my viewpoint, but it is this fascinating, like it makes my brain have a little paradox and, and hurt a little because I, I talk about the years that I lost my religion. I can't go back Mm -hmm. there's, and I don't want to go back, but I don't disrespect you. If this is your path, Mm -hmm. I do have a problem. You said you watched the whale. Did you see it? I have not seen it. Okay. You need to see it. Um, great show, but there is this, uh, this aspect of, uh, these people that want to change because of their faith. They want Mm -hmm. to change this person because of their faith. And so do I think maybe we need to find a better way to do things? But if you're going to just keep that faith and it gives you strength, good times, you Mm -hmm. do you. But let's respect each other. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, again, words. We are married to these words. And I want us to be better at understanding what those words are. And I want anytime someone tells you, well, first of all, anytime you read anything that you're like, and maybe it it hits a chord, please look at it and don't and look at any there. Don't get excited until you know if it's true. Uh, Don't freak out until you know that it's true or understand. But I want you to be excited by words and then I want you to do your homework. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if we pay better attention, maybe we can get better as humans. Which should be our goal. I mean, I hope so. I just also believe that there's just a lack of compassion. 
oh. or um, <sighs> those uh, those who are doing less well in life than yeah. you. And again, yeah. you know. And don't you think that comes from fear? I think there's this fear that, oh my goodness, I, yeah, I don't want to be know. like you, so I don't want to look at it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is because for me, I see the humanity in everybody. And that doesn't mean I like everybody. I certainly oh, don't. Sure. I, there are people that I think are horrible human beings that yeah. exist in this world, but it has nothing to do with... Um, you know, how they look, how they identify, if they have a house or not. You know, I have had some of the best conversations from people who don't have a home. And and it's just because I I go down. Because they're people. Because they're amazing people with these amazing stories. But you're never going to know that if you're just afraid of everybody and you don't talk to them. And and I'm a woman and I am downtown Spokane by myself a lot. Most of my classes are down here and, and I'm downtown. And I'm not afraid because generally when people approach me, I mean, they'll ask me for a cigarette or bus money. And generally I don't have it. You know, if I do, I'll give it to them. But the rest of the time, the majority of the time, people just want to talk to somebody. Yes. Because they're missing the words. They're missing that human connection. Mm -hmm. And if you can take five minutes of your day and talk Mm -hmm. to somebody, I have heard some of the best stories from people that other people are ignoring. And you know what? My life is better because I've heard those stories. Exactly. Because it's amazing what we can glean from each other. You know what I mean? That is just uh, vibrant and not only positive, sometimes there's lessons in there that we couldn't. Now we, you and I both had uh, spent a little stint in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I think it's funny because we talk about, (laughs) talk about the buses. The hardest thing I had to learn was, you always be aware, of course, but it felt because you're trained in big cities not to trust anyone. Mm-hmm. So therefore, even people who are probably very beautiful and kind in their personal life, you probably don't want to mess with them. So there's these, I wish we could get to talk about compassion, get to a place. Well, first of all, we can trust each other again, which I know be wise. Mm-hmm. Don't get, don't twist my words. Always be wise. But we need to find our our trust and our compassion of each other. The day we can ride the subway or a bus in L.A. and it not be terrifying is that's when I know we're doing better. I was never terrified (laughs) down there, I tell you. But, you know, I I don't know what it is about me. I don't know. There must be a vibe I put off because whether I've been in L.A. or New York or here, if I'm just walking anywhere, like people tend to leave me alone. The few times I've gotten sexually harassed on the street, once was in LA, once was in San Francisco, and they were, you know, obviously by men. Yeah. But both times they they said whatever, whatever, you know, and I gave them a look. And then the look on their faces was fear and they left me. <laughs> that's, and that's happened multiple right. times. And I'm like, what is it about like that's this look on my face, which well, I assume is probably all, like it, fuck around and find exactly. out. It's probably what that yeah. look was. <laughs> I was going to say, first of all, you, you are cooler than I am. So I think they can find that. And I have to say, this is an interesting, uh, interesting story. Last time we were in studio, um, we had some random conversation, but I remember saying to Daniel, Daniel, don't worry about the people around you. I was taught when I was like 17, my vocal coach, we went to Seattle to see Les Mis, I remember. And she, and I was a very shy, you know, preacher's child. And she said, Jonathan, just remember, if you act crazier than everyone around you, they're going to leave you alone. And then this horrible, so we just said this before, and then <laughs> Daniel gets accosted outside of the library by someone who wanted to step up to him. And, and he tells me, I did exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. stepped up and then they were like, yeah. oh, they, I don't I know just what you are. looked crazy. Yeah. You, they d- backed down. It, there is something <laughs> about like you can say, you know, we're talking about words, but you can say a lot without oh, saying anything yes. with your yeah. facial expressions and your body language. Exactly. I guess the, the, the more appropriate thing is communication. Yeah. Because <laughs> it can be nonverbal or verbal. Absolutely. But we can say a lot to each other. And that's that's what I I need us, I do, and I'm just going to say that, that sounds a big statement, but I need us as a humanity to be more careful with our words, at mm-hmm. least be more wise with what we choose. What you put out into the universe is out there and you can't yeah. take it back. Nope. Words damage people. Oh, words get absolutely. under your skin and do and stay there and fester. A wound like a cut is going to heal. 
Words will not unless you do all the work it takes. For many, many years in my 20s, sadly, there were a number of people who would always say, well, you're easy to take for granted because you're always there. And I'm like, that's so, it was hard for me for 20 years. backhanded compliment. It is. And I'm like, but I want to be the kind of person who's always there, but now you're telling me that. And so that's 20 years of therapy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, but what if I didn't choose to try to figure that out? What does that do? That makes that person silent. It makes those, that person, uh, I have a friend who's beautiful. I love her. And she used to say, I try to take up the least space in a room. Mm. And I'm like, this is how we train that. And I want better for us. You know, my, my philosophy is always, I'm going to be better, a better human than I was yesterday. That's all I can do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, not going to be a jerk today because, you know, I want to be better. It's, it's a commitment that if each of us made that commitment, I think the world would look like a whole different place and, and call it hippie or what you want, but maybe there'd be less wars. Maybe there would be less hurting of each other. Uh, there would be less children hurt Republicans. Are you listening? Mm -hmm. Um, these are the things, no, they're not, they're not. (laughs) What I have to say for your art form of, um, of being a screenwriter is it's what I say when we were talking about movies on the, the live show, these are stories. And some of us are given this. I mean, look, back to the, the ancient uh, Egyptians. Uh, scribes were seen as so important because we need the stories to be told in a way that we can take them in and we can uh, enjoy them. I mean, you know, on the live show, we talked about bros, which was so beautiful and so needed. Uh, but it was funny. Given I still cried because that's me. But it was funny and it was joyous. And then you have something like the whale, which is a story that also needs to be told. That maybe through its pain can teach us to think twice about how we judge other people. Mm-hmm. These are the stories. You are you are that Native American scribe. You're going to be that Egyptian scribe. You are using what you enjoy about words to try to tell stories. We. We talked last time you were on about the film festivals and, mm-hmm. and putting, it doesn't matter what we write. It's, it's a piece of you right. that you're putting out into the world. So I think this is what, uh, this is, here's some unsolicited advice. I truly hope because we need more people with heart and soul doing these things. I truly hope every time you're exhausted, every time it's a lot that you find that piece, that break, whatever you need because the work you do is important. The stories you tell are needed. And so how, what I want from all of us is to how do we support each other so that that creation can keep happening. So, and then as we wind down, I do want to say, so are there fun, are you working on things uh, that you, uh, you don't even have to say a lot of about it, but like, where is that in your life? This so, um, I, I still have to do a rewrite on my feature uh, my script. Favorite thing. Uh, it's my least favorite thing, which is why <laughs> it has been kept putting on the back burner. Right. But, um, I have a film that I shot here in the library that I just started nice. to enter on the film festival circuit. So oh as you gosh. know, that means I pay a bunch of money to get rejected. Most so of the time, much money, which is yeah. fine. Um, and then the sort of secret music video project that we're working on. I'm excited for the secret movie. Yeah. Uh, music video. Please. I am too. And then I am, I, I believe I'm directing with stage left. We're doing, um, we're doing a showcase this summer called, I think it's ha ha funny weird. Oh, I already love and, it. And so they were asking for local playwrights to submit in like one X yeah. comedies and I'm going to be directing one or I don't know, maybe more. Uh. I, I don't know. We'll, we find out, I find out things generally right. <laughs> like, like later. Um, <laughs> I just know that I'm like part of that. Yeah. Uh, thing and what a great on. stage to direct. I, I just have to say, it's just, I, I'm an, I'm a lover of black box theater mm-hmm. and the, how, you know, as a director, you have to be very creative. And yeah. I think that's when the best stuff Oh up. yeah, we yeah. just saw Sweeney Todd there. We were there oh, for the closing night of Sweeney so Todd, nice. right? And normally, when you think about Sweeney Todd, you think of a huge stage. Oh yeah. But guess what? On that small stage, it was. And I don't know if we got the best performance because right. it was the the closing night. Because you know how that is as a yes. performer. But it was impeccable. Everything. I've every heard nothing moment, but great things about the run. It, I mean, it was just absolutely top tier don't underestimate stage left oh never and, and their productions because you're getting some top tier stuff right yeah. there I oh mean, it's it, insane it is i remember years ago uh 
uh, it was still amazing, but it was smaller. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so excited because you, it felt like that little secret that you know, right. that you want everybody to know, but, but you're you kind of cool. Yeah. You're the fir- yeah. You were the first to know this. The, I love them because they haven't been tainted by what happens when politics gets into theater, Absolutely. which listen, I get it. People it are politics, but it's still such a amazing place mm-hmm. to create. And to, and honestly, even if you're not a director or writer to mm-hmm. watch a show there. Yes. And please, I remember, like we say on here, please uh, support your independent artists out there because mm-hmm. they need it. But I'm excited for you're yes. going to direct there. So when is know. it? Um, At some point? So I think it's end of June, early July. I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to date. They're, they're <laughs> still open for, um, they're still submitting for people who want to audition, who want to oh, be got you. in it. Yeah. Um, and I think even playwrights, but I think they've locked That's down their amazing. directors. Yeah. Um, but I, it's the theater that I have done things with before yeah. in the past. So they're just like, hey, you want to? It's like, yeah. You're at the point like I am. I'm like, did I did I agree to do that? And then all of a sudden oh, I mean, you're I'm like. I'm pretty sure I, I did. Oh, I, I don't yeah. Know. And then you're like, okay, I guess I need to move yeah. things because I'm doing something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My summer's getting a little full, <laughs> um, which is great because I don't have my day job in the summer because oh, it's perfect. the universities. So now, that's you know, we perfect. have our uh, little, what do we call We call what him Film doing? Baby, but I forget what his name is. Um, he's a great guy, but he has a little, he started a film fest for Spokane. Oh, um, in August, the, what, what it was the, at the Magic Lantern. He is a college student, and so he he was over here a lot. But he doesn't live here, but he loves Spokane. Which so, one was it? What was it called? It's I'm trying to remember because I went and I supported this guy, and he was great. Uh, Spokane Film Fest, I think, is what it's called. Northwest okay. Spokane Film Fest. It was well, fun. I, I would think it was something different because we have Spiff, which is Spokane Spiff, which is International yeah, Film Festival. Definitely not that one. Right. It's a little smaller. First, oh, we only okay. did first, and they did. They are doing another one this coming. Oh, uh, you'll have September. to shoot me that information. I will, because you need to put a, a thing in there. And he's uh, his passion is amazing to me. Okay. And uh, Lara Astaris, her and I went when they did it this last time, and and we're getting a T-shirt because we just call him Film Baby because he. I love that he's this twenty-five-year-old. I can't even remember remember Ugh. when I was twenty-five, and he's so passionate. And we're like, okay, Film Baby, this is who we need to support. I have his name somewhere. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> film baby. But we're going to get t-shirts for when we go this time. Because, oh, that'll be cute. you know, anytime. I mean, this the Comedy Film Fest that Josiah Carlson yeah. just put on at the Garland. Um, I love these things. Yeah. yeah. I just All I can say is I hope that they're all programming women directors. Um, because Spiff did not do a great job this year in their Best of Northwest oh, section, which really? is the local section. Yeah. So anybody from like Washington, Montana, blah, blah, blah. They programmed 10 short films. One was directed by a woman. And you can always argue, like, maybe there wasn't any good ones by the right. women. But I have screened for multiple film festivals for, like, yeah. the last seven years. And I promise you, that is not the case. Exactly. Also, doesn't that feel like it's the Oscar problem on a smaller scale? Yeah, it, it the is. The same thing. It is. But, like, you know, come on. there's a reason I've never submitted to Spiff. Yeah. And it's that. Because... As, as a director, if I see that they're not supporting women directors by their programming or having panels or yeah, whatever, yeah. I'm not well, going to bother submitting my work to and it. And also, can I please see the people who are picking for this? I want to know mm-hmm. that it's well represented. And you, uh, I need to introduce you to my friend Jane Clark, who is a, uh, an amazing uh, director and writer in L.A. And oh, sh- you guys would get a kick out of each other. And uh, I met her. She did a movie. No, it was a series called uh, Crazy Bitches. Mm. And I wanted to be Love in the it. title. So, yes. And <laughs> she's such a powerful, they're, they're making a movie right now, such a powerful, like, I'm a woman, I'm sure, I'm here to tell a story. And she fights tooth and nail, as mm-hmm. you would know in LA. Uh, you fight tooth and nail for what you want to do. Yeah. And so that's just a side note. Jane actually is going to be on our show in the future, um, especially when this new one comes out. But yeah, we're going to have to have you on because she's, yeah. she's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. But I agree. Let's celebrate... You know, it's just like me if I if I put something into a festival and it's not like specifically queer, mm-hmm. and then they're like, you know, fuck you, we don't want gay guys right. to be. And no, it's, for real, we all need to be up there represented and celebrating our thing. Well, anybody, <laughs> I mean, anything you do, we all need to. Everybody listening, we need to go out and support because let's uh, support our creatives, let's support our indie artists, let's support our modern day scribes, let's. Mm-hmm get out there and start using our words and celebrating others that use their words. It yes. changes the world. It does. So, uh, 
Thank you. This was a good that conversation. Good. I mean, it makes my, I like the things that make my brain go, oh, um, <laughs> and that's exactly how my brain talks. Like, oh, uh, I do want to say, because it's me, there is a uh, line from a song, uh, a Broadway song. You're welcome. Um, that I always remember, because we were talking about kids earlier, and it's, uh, careful the things you say. Children mm. will listen. Mm-hmm. And they do. And that's where it starts. And so pick your words, celebrate everyone and watch the way your world changes. Call me a hippie or not, but that's the way I see it. The queer centric right here. So remember you can catch our show every Tuesday. Please check the queercentric.com. These are conversations that need to be had and we need to think about them. I'm not perfect by any means, but all we can do is try because if we don't try at all, you get Mitch McConnell's <laughs> and did I say, I didn't say that. Yes, I did. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye.